Uh, yes, my name's James, and I had a question about how you felt about people that are married that go to lunch with um, somebody of the opposite sex that may or may not be married. I bet that raises some questions in your mind, doesn't it? All sorts of reactions. That's a, this is a hot topic today. We're going to talk about opposite sex friendships outside your marriage. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they blow up big time. And you're going to hear some stories today. We'd love to have you join in. Uh, you know, intentional living is focused on one thing. We want you to have less regrets in your life. We want you to help figure out what pleases Christ and then do it for God's glory and frankly for the benefit of your family and for yourself. And on this particular topic about having friendships outside your marriage of a person of the opposite sex, um, you got to be really careful. I'd love to hear maybe what you've learned. You know, there's someone today, I, I know it, who's right on the verge of doing the stupidest thing in their life. And maybe you can help them. You could share your story. Love to have you join in. Um, what do you think? Not only what you think, what have you learned? What has God taught you? 888-888-1717. We're live. The studio line is open. Steven's taking your call. 888-888-1717 is the number. I'm Dr. Randy. Uh, this is Intentional Living. Jennifer's here behind the board. And uh, Derek is uh, on Facebook, making sure we're running clear there. And then Stephen. Uh, taking your calls, 888 to join us on what does it mean and how do you handle opposite-sex friendships outside of your marriage. It was at church, a man at church who started paying attention to me. We were friends. His wife and my husband, all of us were friends. Um, but his intentions were to use me while his wife was pregnant. I didn't know that. All I knew was that here was somebody who's paying more attention to me than my own husband. And very sadly, um, relationship went too far and ended up destroying both marriages. I think a couple of people that go into uh, friendship thinking that it can stay that way, ignoring our natural desires, our natural attractions, that God made us this way. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I fell prey to someone who was paying attention to me and wanted to show me his attention. Mm, he apparently did. Uh, and she shares her honest, sad story, as we have many others. Boy, if we can help you today to help one person avoid doing something really hurtful, stupid, damaging, destructive for you or your marriage, that's why we're here. Uh, you know, I wrote a book a number of years ago called Star for Affection, Why We Crave It, How We Get It, and Why It's So Important in Marriage. And one of the chapters, uh, I talked about this thing of opposite sex friendships outside of marriage, and my friend Dr. Todd Linneman uh, help contribute because he created a list of 20 things that you need to ask yourself to see if an opposite sex friendship is a problem in your life. Is it a problem in your marriage? Is it a problem in your relationship? And so uh, I want you to get ready. I'm gonna, Right after we um, talk to, to Andrea here in a moment, uh, I'm going to give you some of these 20 questions to just, just be honest with yourself as you answer these questions for yourself to see if there's a problem here. Uh, in a, maybe a relationship or a friendship outside of, of your uh, your marriage. You can join us. Tell us what you've learned. What has God taught you? What do you want to share with others? 888 
1717 is the number. Andrea, uh, what's your story on this topic? Hi. Well, my first marriage ended due to thinking that we, both of us on both sides, could be friends with, you know, the opposite sex and just friends. We were really young. We were late teenagers, and uh, mm. that did not work out. So uh, in this marriage, uh, I've been with my husband for 15 years, and we do have friends of the opposite sex, but we hang out with those friends together. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't hang out with them by ourselves, and we don't hide anything. That open communication of if my guy friend messages me and my husband walks in the room, I don't close out the message and hide it. You know, it's, it's wide open. He, he can look at it. I can read it out loud to him. There's nothing, uh, you know, to hide there. Um, and he knows that, you know, and vice versa for me with him. Um, if something was to be asked from the opposite sex, you know, something popped up, a question, or if an unexpected person stops by the house and only one of us are home and they're of the opposite sex, we'll keep it short and brief. And then as soon as that person leaves, we will let you know, each other know, hey, so-and-so stopped by for this purpose. They were only here about 10 minutes. You know, I asked them if they could go, you know, kind of thing. So mm -hmm. we try to keep that line of communication yeah. and respect open at all times. And we just make sure that we're not hiding anything and that we hang out with them together. We find that that's the best way at work. You know, obviously I, I might work closely with a guy, you know, at work, but we're no, we're not alone. You know, there's other people here, you know, stuff like that. Same with him at work with a woman. He's got women coworkers, but you know, they're not alone. They're in a building with people. And so it's also about trust. You know, it's about trusting that God has you and that with your strength with God, that you won't cross that line. Even if the yeah. other person's looking at you with attraction, you're not looking at them that way. All right. All right. Thank you, Andrea. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you see all the safeguards she put in place in the relationships, it tells you how dangerous it can be. I mean, think about the safeguards you have to have for things like fire detection in your home and seat belts in the car and other things that to make sure you're going to be safe. And you hear Andrea saying, wow been burned on this, been hurt on this, got all these protections in place, which really is a question. Uh, is it safe to just have all those protection because you don't know what the other person is thinking, what, what, where they're coming from? Um, or should, should it be just, hey, we don't, we don't do that unless it's couples, a relationship. All right, here's some questions I promised you from um, Star for Affection. Is your spouse unaware of your opposite sex friendship? Big problem. Secret to, if you're secret about that, uh, would you behave differently around your friend if your spouse were present? How about this one? Would you feel uncomfortable if your spouse had the same quality of friendship with someone of the opposite sex as you do? Do you prefer to spend time alone with your opposite sex friend rather than in a group setting? Are you physically and or emotionally attracted to your friend? Is your friend someone you would consider dating if you were single? It's interesting. Have you ever entertained romantic fantasies about your friend? Do you ever compare your spouse with your friend? Physically and otherwise, emotionally and relationally, and they talk to me and they hear me and they listen to me, you know? Maybe you don't feel that in your marriage. Uh, do you think about sharing important news with your friend before your spouse? 
And uh, do you and your friend ever exchange highly personal details about your lives or complain about your marriage to each other? Now, there's just nine or ten of the questions um, of the 20 in the book, Starve for Affection. That should be a reminder of, of you know, what, what's going on in the relationship here. How's it working? What do you think? What's your story? How would you contribute to someone who's struggling maybe in this area today? 888-888-1717. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. I'm convinced that one of the reasons we see a lot of sorry old people is because we collect all of this garbage year after year after year. Don't deal with the little things in our life, and then all of a sudden we turn 70 or 80 or whatever, and it's just like it's hanging off of us like Velcro sticking to us because we've carried all of these little things through all of these years. You know, that's an excerpt from the teaching this month, our, our master class for our Intentional Living family. And uh, it's called When Small Things Aren't So Small. When in life, the small things, as they say, the devil can be in the details. It's a powerful statement, isn't it? In fact, I believe that's true. He loves the details. Because if he can mess up the details, he messes up the big things. And so the teaching is, how do, how do we deal with the small things in our life? Because so much of intentional living focuses on goals and dreams and where do we want to go and the big things in life, which we have to take care of. We've got to know where we're headed. But it's the small things that make the difference. So the lesson this month, when small things aren't so small, going to our intentional living family, uh, you've already received it at this late time in the month. But for those of you who will join us in support of Intentional Living today, we'll make sure that, that we get it to you as well. Plus, I handpicked a book for this month uh, from my library from Max Lucado, Outlive Your Life, a book that I think you'll find very encouraging about how is it that we can invest our time, our resources, uh, our priorities in such a way that w- when we're gone, I mean, we're, we're no longer here. We're with Jesus. Uh, we've left behind those things which will make a difference moving into the future. Isn't that what we want? Kids and grandkids? Yeah. Max Lucado, Outlive Your Life, a gift to all new members of Intentional Living. Your monthly support matters. You can either call us during West Coast Business Hours at 888 press number two, talk to our staff, or go to theintentionallife.com. I think probably my husband and I may have been very, very different couples because of this, but I had a very good friend of mine who was of the opposite sex all through high school. He was my best friend. I continued to be my best friend through life, and I was uh, 24 years old when I met my husband, and uh, we got married. Um, The man still was my best friend uh, outside of my husband, and, and he knew it. My husband knew it. Uh, we did um, 
very well with that, actually, because I made sure that my husband knew that he was the most important person in my life. I never let him worry about that. I always made sure that he knew all the time. Nothing ever happened between me and the friend of the opposite sex. He's still one of my very good friends, so we live so far apart and, and we have different lives. But um, my husband and I have been married now for 33 years. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and uh, we hope we get another 33 out of it. But make sure your husband or your wife knows that they are the most important person and that they have nothing to worry about and fear. Bring them into the relationship as well so they feel comfortable all the time. And always, always keep Christ as the center of your marriage. So what happens if your spouse doesn't on the same page with you. They don't agree. They don't want you to have that friend. And they feel maybe guilty and trying to, feeling like maybe they're insecure. What would you What would you say if your spouse said, hey, knock it off. I'm not interested in sharing you with a, another friend. Um, period. What do you all think? And not only think, um, as Christians, we gotta think, we gotta think deeply. As followers of Christ, we gotta really think through understand what God's intention is. Are we putting ourselves into a box? Are we narrow and um, unrealistic in the world in which we live today? How, how is it that, how is it that we manage these important and frankly, potentially positive or damaging relationships that may occur outside of your marriage? You can join in, 888 uh, let's go to Teresa in Arizona. Hi, Teresa. Appreciate your call today. Hi, thank you. Um, well, I say uh, amen to the first caller and um, also to that list that you read of questions you read. I would say every marriage <clears throat> should have those going into their marriage. Um, but my story is really not my own. It's my. I have two siblings, actually, where this happened, um, but one recently where my brother was um, in a relationship with this woman from work and um, just, you know, kept telling my sister-in-law, you know, oh, she, we're just friends, we're just friends. And but they, their uh, communication and um, contact increased and he was spending more time with her than my sister-in-law. And, you know, assured, kept assuring my sister-in-law, oh, no, we're just friends, we're just friends. And by the time this came out and he was talking to our family, you know, we said, well, Tom, you're, you know, oops, sorry, um, you're you're having an emotional affair, if nothing else, you know. And, um, and he just kept denying it. But anyway, he's filed for divorce and he's supposedly in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. So I just don't, I've seen this so many times, um, I just don't think it ever works. I mean, except for what the lady before said, as far as you have to make your spouse your best friend, make your spouse your first and foremost. The reminder, and I'm I'm sorry for your story and um, for, for that family, but it's a reminder that we have to make a priority on continuing to build and manage our our relationship. You think manage really? Yeah, you got to be clear in terms of if you're married, how do you continue to build intimacy, closeness in that relationship in your marriage? Because uh, listen, we live in a world today where there's a lot of shiny other people out there 
shiny things, blingy things that can be attractive in life. And what I have found in working with people over the years is there's this pattern that um, we can get into a routine in our marriage and our relationship and maybe they're struggling and all of a sudden somebody cares about me and someone else is listening to me and someone wants to talk and, and appreciates me and points out that they they respect respect me or whatever. And it's easy then to be drawn to that. And then the reality is you leave this relationship to go to that relationship and it goes starts all over again because human relationships tend to be back into the routine. I mean, we got to go to work every day. We got, we got to deal with kids and, and uh, finances and so on. And so God has destined, and I think it's, it's his intention. I mean, we say this, this is clearly part of our mission. God's intention, one man, one woman for a lifetime. No, that doesn't always happen. We know that. We understand that. God is a God of uh, reconciliation and restoration and healing and grace and love. But uh, you all, many of you could share the stories of knowing the pain going through that. And that's really what we're talking about. We want you, I think at the end of the show here in a few minutes, if nothing else, I want you to think about what's going on in your marriage, in your relationship, and what one thing could you do that'll make a difference moving forward to build that relationship, to guard from some of these problems that can occur. They don't always occur. And as you've heard, some people manage this uh, beautifully and others uh, not so much. Uh, but how But how about you? You want to join the discussion? 888-888-1717 is the number. I'd love to have you be a part of the show today uh, as we're talking about opposite sex friendships. Ryan is next. Uh, Ryan, what's your story? I'm on the other side of this uh, question, I guess you'd say. I'd, so I, I cross lines, and so I've had to submit myself to God and learn how to rebuild trust with my spouse and you know, pornography has been an issue and just putting boundaries on phone, internet searches and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, outside of friends that I hang out with, I mean, I don't really have any, any female, uh, friends, but I do go to supply stores and stuff. And so that the line with that is just anytime I go in there and have to interact with another woman or something, just being totally transparent with my wife as much mm-hmm. as I can with everything. So, so, and part of the rebuilding of trust with your wife is just laying everything on the table. There's no, nothing's hidden. How do you feel you're doing? Do you feel like you're in bondage in this process, or do you feel good about how how you've drawn your these boundaries in place and you're putting them in place? Oh, that's a good question. Never thought of it that way. I mean, I guess it depends the circumstance. <laughs> I mean, if a part of me wants to hide something, I guess it could, it could kind of feel like bondage, but at the same time, it's just something I need to overcome and be filled with the Holy Spirit with and Amen. So yeah, um but I mean, you know, what did Jesus say? Whether you if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. So I mean that's what I nothing physical ever happened with me, but it was all I mean, my my mind and everything was already crossed those lines and so yeah. just getting back to that. But, you know, God can bring healing and restoration to anything so it's a process so (laughs) yeah it is and listen man listen for your honesty i appreciate it ryan sharing your story and uh, i think many men you know we know every man listening understands how we're wired come on guys we know how we're wired and and ladies you know how you're wired and you know that god intended for attraction to occur i mean that is part of the process 
of uh, God's intention for uh, relationships in the intimacy of marriage. And what happens is when those natural desires and those needs that we have um, start to be drawn away from the one that we're, we're in marriage, uh, it creates a problem. And we see that, we hear it. And, and of course, I know that most times when, when I've talked to people who've been down this path, they don't intend to go down that path. It's not that they wake up one morning and say, this is what I'm going to go do. It's a process. It can happen in the church choir loft. It can happen at work. It can happen in numerous situations when you're connected with another person of the opposite sex and you find out you have things in common and there's an attraction that begins. And like these questions we ask, when you start to notice that, boy, that's a a time to say, hey, um, I need to get some... uh, New thinking and new direction in my life here. What do you all think? You can welcome to join us. We're going to continue this discussion after the show for tomorrow. And so uh, what have you learned? What's your story? How do you manage this? Um, You know, we have friends of the opposite sex at work and other places. How do you manage it? What's one thing that's helped you? Give us a call. Join in. 888-888-1717. Have you ever been so wrapped up in the big picture that you completely miss out on a crucial detail? Trust me, it happens. Sometimes the key to success lies in those tiny nuances that we tend to overlook. In Dr. Randy's teaching, when small things aren't so small, you'll learn four ways you can actually achieve success by diving into those seemingly insignificant issues beneath the surface. When you support intentional living with a monthly gift, We'll email you Dr. Randy's teaching, featuring a new topic each month, as well as a bonus teaching on various topics that will help you live an intentional life for Christ. And when you give right now, we have something special for you from Dr. Randy's bookshelf. Max Lucado's Outlive Your Life. You were made to make a difference. Max makes the book of Acts come alive and applies it to the 21st century. To receive this month's teaching and the book by Max Lucado, call 888-888-1717 today or visit TheIntentionalLife.com. That's TheIntentionalLife.com. At the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, you'll have a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. Have you ever noticed that it's sometimes very difficult to feel intimate and close to your spouse? I will teach you the power of one thing that will change your relationship for the rest of your lives. Join Dr. Randy for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night to find out the secret to intentional love that will transform your marriage. Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque. Register at TheIntentionalLife.com. Yes, indeed. Listen, the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, we have seen couples at our conferences, got over 50,000 people at our date nights over the last several years, um, make a radical decision for their marriage. And I hear stories later because we talk about doing the next right one thing. What one thing can you do in the next 30 days to really bring more intimacy and closeness in your relationship and marriage? We're going to have a fun night. It's in Albuquerque. Uh, You just heard the announcement coming up uh, November the 4th. That's a Saturday night, I think. Saturday night. Is that November November 4th, a Saturday night? Because I don't want to show up on the wrong night. Okay, Saturday night, November 4th, Albuquerque. Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. We're going to have a great time. Saw the report this morning. Tickets are going like crazy. And I'll tell you what, we have limited space available uh, in in the church. And we want you to be a part of it. Bring some other couples with you. Maybe your small group. Uh, certainly you and your spouse come and, and uh, enjoy the evening. 
Again, November 4th, Albuquerque. Go to theintentionallife.com. Click on events. It's all there for you. That's theintentionallife.com. Click on events. All right, let me go to Kristen in uh, Michigan. Hi, hi, Kristen. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Appreciate your call. What, uh, what have you learned, or what would you like to add to this topic? Um, just so I was, you know, married and for about two years, and then we got divorced, mm. and I had a, a friendship with the opposite sex at that time, which kind of you know, made it easier to get the divorce, I guess. And about less than a year later, my ex-husband and I got back together and we got remarried and had two kids Mm. and we're married for another 10 years. Um, And then we went through another divorce (laughs) at Mm, that point. And, you know, I had a friendship at that time too with a coworker. And so having somebody to talk to about everything going on, you know, again, made it easier, made it seem okay. And, you know, now here we are three years later and my ex-husband and I are, are talking and trying to figure things out and see if we're crazy, you know, for, you know, trying to see if we could make things work again, because, you know, now we've got two kids that are involved and want to make sure that it's, you know, what's best for everybody. And we're not, let me see, let me see if I understand, let me see if I understand this. You guys were married for a couple years, and then mm-hmm. you you got involved with someone at work. No, well, no, not at that at that time. It was not at work. No, it was okay, well, with another person, somebody. but but you had a friendship right. outside your marriage, and that contributed Correct. to that first divorce. Yeah. Then you remarried, mm-hmm. and was it the same pattern then in the second time? As far as what i guess as far as how it happened yeah, or yeah basically i mean was there, you said i mean pretty much yeah i mean of course you know our, our marriage wasn't perfect like anything it's got it it had its issues but that was my easy out i guess <laughs> or way of mm-hmm. you know saying that it was you know things were greener on the other side so yeah. what do you what do you think at this point what, what's going on in your life about this this decision or thought of hey uh or, we're going to try to put this back together. Well, just that, you know, like any relationship, you're going to have issues. And I think at that time in the past, it was, you know, thinking the grass was greener on the other side. But now I realize that, you know, you have to work through anything with no matter who it is. Mm, and, and that's and that's the point. I think that's the point. Hold on for a minute. I'll, I'll talk to you off air because we're going off here, uh, Kristen. Um, but you really kind of finish that loop. Um, whatever it is that's going on in your life and her, in, in your husband's life, make sure the two of you really work this through for God's glory, for your benefit. Because um, I know it's tough. But I hear your heart, and I hear the fact that you want to do what's going to honor Christ and with your kids and so on. But I would really encourage you to get some really good counseling. Find some somebody you can talk through, lay these issues out on the table, be really honest with each other, and uh, talk it through. Uh, and, and we will be praying for you. Hold on, I'll talk to you a little bit off air. Uh, we're going to stay here, however, in the studio and just continue on with our discussion. What do you all think? What have you learned about opposite sex friendships? Did they blow up in your face? Did they work, not work? 
What's one thing you'd like to contribute to be intentional to help other people today for God's glory and your benefit? Give me a call, 888-888-1717. Stephen will line you up and uh, we'd love to talk. 888-888-1717. And to our Facebook friends, thank you for joining us uh, today as well. Uh, And we'll see you all tomorrow continuing this discussion on intentional living.